This is the Music Fit Podcast, the place where we unleash your inner rock style. I'm your host, Mike the Schwartz, and I'm going to bring the heat on the shit that's going to help you level the F up in whatever area of life you're currently feeling stuck. Let's go. All right, folks. Wow, I'm stoked. This is a long time coming. Got a good friend of mine, Ellie Hardcore Henson, Language Ninja. We graduated level one and two together. Dear friend of mine, spiritual gangster, rope flow queen. Oh man, I'm very excited for this conversation. So, without further ado, let's bring her into the mix here. Yelling it out to me, and that's what I mean when I say that one day, some way, somehow, if I get the there chance to get a crowd, I flip it around and have a crowd give me the chance. I've done it oh, all, man. but in actuality, I haven't there yet. Where am I supposed to go from here? Okay. Really, I have no idea. All I know is every time I think I hit my ceiling, I go higher What the heck is up, my friend? Right, man. It's been a it's been a minute, right? Been a minute. Been a minute. What's you up to these days? You know, doing a little bit of rope flow. Uh, <laughs> just a little, a little bit. Flow. Just a little bit. <laughs> Is that new to you? Dabbling. Yeah, you're just dabbling in you the know, in the I, arts. Yeah. Dabbling. You know, somebody said it was pretty cool, so I was like, yeah, I'm gonna do this thing. Yeah. Well, hey, I saw some of your videos. You're looking pretty good for just being brand new to it. Well, thank you. I that. <laughs> oh my goodness! And okay, well, we gotta start here. What what's up with Higher Eminem? What a great track. Oh man, so I've had this like very interesting obsession with Eminem <laughs> for a while, and his music just really grooves. It it I find uh, it's easy for me to get lost in flow. It's easy for me to get more into my body when I'm working out, training, uh, just moving. And then this song would come on and again and again. And would the message that it was sending to me at the time that I was hearing it, like, yeah, just keep going higher. Every time we get to that breaking point, now we're gonna go a little bit higher. Here's the next breaking point, a little bit higher. Oh, I feel yeah. like I've experienced about 10,000 of those ceilings in the last year and overcome them every time yeah holy and what a place to start on that i mean you and i have seen a lot together in the in the past year and uh and you outside of that so i only know a, a tip of the iceberg about it but i mean some of the things that come to mind i mean overcoming an injury um that sounds like it's going really well with the atg program as well right oh oh yeah Amazing. So we got like physical limitations. I mean, we were both in and lifted one and two, so we know what that's all about. We'll get into that for overcoming all the other stories and all the other mental right. blocks, right? And and you are literally the 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 rope queen. And and now, from my understanding, you know, putting together some programming and really helping spread that love to the rest of the world, so that everybody can enjoy the movement that you just you just said. You know, like rope flow getting into that space getting into your body losing yourself you know um music plays a big role of it and overcoming those obstacles sounds like that's your jam these days hey it absolutely is because the rope like 
it helps you unlock your body and unlock your mind. And everybody has been so, so locked up the last couple of years and, and experiencing all of this, like just confinement and mm. what a cool thing, what a cool tool that now exists in the world and everybody has access to it. Oh, there it is. Yeah. It's how great. Did, how did you first come across it? That's my, uh, like, why do you do what you do, Hardcore? Hardcore Henson, why do you rope flow? What is this thing? What's this all about? So rope flow came to me um, on Instagram. I think it was late October 2020. I believe oh. that's when it was. And I first saw Slush Ropes, uh, Bea doing her thing. And I was like, you know what? I already love the steel mace and flow stuff. I'm going to try this flow thing. And it was when she was first putting out her, her first rope, her first prototype. And I ordered it. <clears throat> and it came, like, I think it was right around Halloween. And so I, I picked it up and I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing with this. And it just started moving with it in all sorts of ways. And then I would hold it at the other end. And so the knots would be going and I'd smack myself in the shins and the calf. And it was <laughs> awesome. It was just like playing around in my backyard. And uh, I fell so hard for the rope. I mean, just as much as I did with the mace when I first got it in my hands. It was every single day, every moment. Then I started like religiously watching uh, just people just free flowing, just moving and and how how smooth it looked and how creative it was. And I knew that from the work I had done in the maze, like and, and getting to a point of free flow there, uh, it was it was going to happen with the rope, too. And through that process, it was really cool to see how much the mason rope complement each other, how much just flow itself is is in everything and it's what tool you're using to express it at that specific time because the flow is there just happened am i expressing it through my rope if i am i expressing it through my words am i expressing it through my trombone playing am i expressing it expressing it through my steel mace flow you know whatever That's, the case may be oh. what do you how do you decide like when you get up in the morning you're like i'm gonna flow how do you decide what's the what do you feel? Do you, do you go inside? Do you go outside? Do you, do you have it programmed on, on a piece of paper? Like what's, what's the, what's the ins and outs on that? I've done it a few ways, actually. Mm -hmm. I've just let my body decide what I want, but primarily my goals are to get up and mobilize first thing in the morning with sunshine on my face and with fresh air. Those are those are my main kind of guiding principles. <laughs> I was like the, the 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 keys the keys to yeah. existence. Okay. <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> getting getting a little bit of that vitamin D. Right. So right? that's uh, yeah. resetting our our circadian rhythm and recharging the batteries. And if we can do movement in the, inside of that as well, then way more bonus. Right. Yeah. Um. So that that's kind of that's what I let guide me and. Uh, Usually I, I go through a little uh, five minute, maybe sometimes less than five minutes uh, rope warm up. There's some patterns that I like to hit every day as far as for me personally, just building stability and still recovering from uh, my spine injury. There's certain things and certain balances and holds that I like to practice to, to maintain and keep it up. Mm, that's so nice. Now, for uh, for the folks that are unfamiliar with uh, with Ellie here, 
we're gonna rewind a little bit. I got I jumped the gun. You know, I do that. I tend to do that. I'm like Eminem. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Oh, rope flow. Yeah. Awesome. Who the hell is Ellie Hardcore Henson? I have so many questions, and I know the listeners, and if you're watching as well, what you what you got there? What you what you drinking? You got anything? Oh, I got just some black coffee. Mm. Got a little. Is that your? The hold on, and then I'm I'm talking now. Okay. (laughs) That's key. I'll just go with the classic. You know, this is the the surefire, what would T-Swizzy do? We're actually just water. I was going to go try to get a coffee this morning, and all of the shops are not open at this hour. I'm like, it's Saturday, and coffee shops aren't aren't open. They're not open right now. Yeah. It's 840. It's 842. Guys, let's get it. Let's get it together. (laughs) It's got to be. Gotta have some. So I had that moment of, oh my god, and then I'm like, I'm good. I'll get it after hardcore. It'll be fine. Back to the question though. What? What originally? I mean, I've known you now for for over a year. Um, actually, even a little longer. Creep creeping like TLC on your on your gram. Um, and like, what got you doing the things that you're doing? What's your story? My story is interesting. Uh, so I was a public school band director for seven years and I loved everything about it. Um, and there were some things that I didn't love about it for sure, but primarily, you know, watching my high school students prepare to take, you know, leave the nest in a sense and prepare to take the next step and watching them grow musically and in inside of that like really short amount of time you know four years is fast and the music that they put together is absolutely incredible and the friendships that they make and the the ambition that they have is so inspiring and the things that the students even present and come up with hey can we do this thing and you know not always can we do those things but the drive is there and the creativity is there and the environment from just walking into work into the band hall and just hearing that all the time there's always somebody practicing there's always somebody driving there's always somebody creating and that was a really cool thing about being a band director um, and just being surrounded by the craft all the time and so being so busy and working you know, 90 plus hours a week, it was really difficult to connect with my family. It was really difficult to connect at home. Um, just because I was never there. I was, I was never able to take phone calls. I was not able to be home much, you know, I wasn't, I just couldn't be there because my job was my home. And that was fine for a while but I started to realize how just not fine I was with it. And uh, that became more clear during the pandemic, but it was actually a little bit before that when I started to realize like, I absolutely love the school I'm working at. I love my colleagues. I love the kids. Like it, it's, it was the perfect school. And I went through some other like rough situations. So I knew that it was a really good fit, but still something for me was missing. And uh, I began to explore that a little bit more. Um, I had gained uh, gained some weight too, and just wasn't really feeling happy in my body. Um, so I started doing, I tried a, like a box gym, um, Planet Fitness, 
membership and that was awkward and went mostly unused and <laughs> and I was like I'm that weird person in the gym like I watch the video to figure out what I'm trying to do right now and stuff like that and <laughs> looking around like is anybody watching me I feel really like, awkward and you're like holding oh, the phone yeah. and you're like yeah I would watch like tone oh, it up videos yeah. on the phone and be like okay they're using like a kettlebell like what this okay and it was like yeah it was a hot mess Oh yeah. And I was like, I would drive by it frequently to work, and I'd be like, Oh yeah, I should cancel that membership. And then like ten months later, after they suck your money, I'm like, Okay, finally, I canceled. <laughs> it's charity. Uh, right. <laughs> and then I was like, Well, okay, so I don't really have time to do that. So, what can I do from home? So I got a Beachbody membership, and I, I was like, Cool. So I could just wake up, roll out of bed, and five feet later, tennis shoes are on, and boom. So I start waking up at like. 4 30 in the morning every morning and i would get a workout in and then i would go work for like 12 hours or whatever and then i'd get home super late and then i would wake up rinse and repeat and for a while that worked for me too um i felt like i was making progress I felt like a little bit more energized i felt uh better in my body um but i was just freaking tired all the time um i was i was like a vegan vegetarian at that time too so wasn't for my body specifically it wasn't exactly what i needed at that time but i didn't quite know that yet and uh i started to notice i was like man it's, my knees really hurt now like what is going on with this and and being like a band director in texas marching band is like a giant thing and so you're outside and you're demonstrating and i love to come up with you know body choreography and i love teaching drill and i love teaching how to march and stuff like that um so i just started to notice like I have some dysfunction like going on and so I saw some sports people and then I saw uh, I went to like this I don't even know how you describe it it's not quite a physical therapy clinic but something like that and uh, but then the stuff just kind of it's kind of like a band-aid you know so I was looking around San Antonio I was like what else can I do like I just I need somebody to look at me and tell me what I'm doing wrong <laughs> And so I was just Googling, and I found a gym in San Antonio called Intentional Patterns. And so I mentioned, like, I, we work with pain. And so I called, and I went over for a session, and I got started. And I noticed, like, okay, so every workout's a little bit different. I'm not bored. Um, the pain is starting to go away. I'm learning more about movement. I'm learning more about my body. And then, like, well, I don't know, one or two sessions in, maybe even the first session, uh, I got a mace in my hand. And I was, like, started moving it. And, like, oh, man. <laughs> my first video of me, like, holding this seven-pound mace. And I got to be at least 20 pounds heavier than what I am now. And, uh, like like concentrating so hard I'm trying to make like a prayer switch to the other side and then squat like my face is like okay this and then this comes next I'm like so concentrated <laughs> I'm trying to make that happen I'm like do it right yeah because uh, I <laughs> I'm a big perfectionist and that's something that I've tried to also <laughs> step back from a bit um <laughs> work in progress right yeah. we're all we're all we're all uh, there yeah, yeah we got it we got and it. so yeah i just uh that like that style of training like it's functional and unconventional and 
and it was always different. There was always something new for me to learn. And for me, like, I love that. I need that engagement, not for my body, ju just not for my body, but also for my brain. Um, so it was always interesting to me. Um, and then with the mace on top of that, I was like, I need to learn everything about this because there's something special about the mace. Uh, I absolutely fell in love with it. I would stay up late to like three or four in the morning just watching people move the mace. Uh, it became like just a beautiful, beautiful form of movement to see and beautiful expression. And everybody does it differently, which is what I love. Like that's the artistry and that's how, that's the relationship I saw with music and with so many people, you know, there's structured flows and there's free flows, which is improvisation. And being a band director, um, being a trombone player, like, I, I love jazz. Jazz is my absolute favorite form to not only teach, but also play myself. And so I saw that's, that you're just improving. That's improv. Mm -hmm. You know, you have, you have the tools, you have the vocabulary. Now go break them and create whatever you want because... The foundation is there you know mm. and even if it's not go create whatever you want because it's still going to be badass you know what i mean oh, and um, it just it, there were so many similarities and i felt anytime i moved with the mace i just felt like a badass i felt like i felt strong and i felt um empowered and the more i learned about it i was like yeah this is something I need all the time and I began every hour every extra minute of the day like I would have my mace in my car and at my lunch break I would like go out to the parking lot and be that weird person in the parking lot and my students are like what are you doing <laughs> like this is weird thing you're swinging by your car trying not to break the windows and stuff no kidding <clears throat> um, why are you swinging a medieval weapon around right um, wow. it's awesome and uh so from there um then so that was i started there january 2020 mm -hmm. and obviously a couple months after that um the pandemic hit set in and so it was the mace that kept kept me alive kept that spirit alive when everything shut down because i was just a couple of months into my training and i felt like like the community was so amazing i felt like you know, when you move to a new town and you work all the time, it's really hard. Even as an adult, it's just hard to make friends. You know, it's hard to meet people and make friends. And so finding a gym and finding a community and, and a second home was just so, so um, empowering and so special to me that to have that ripped away so suddenly was really hard. Mm. And um, man, I'm even like getting a little emotional thinking about that time. And uh we didn't, you know, we would meet on Zoom and do some like Zoom workouts together, and that was cool. And they lent out some equipment, which was really cool. Um, but we, you know, there was no training, there was no group classes, there was, there was nothing like that. And I was like devastated. Mm. And so then I saw that some of the Mace folks were putting up um, Zoom classes, and I was like, man, am I? enough to even take this class do i even know enough to function in a class and i was terrified uh but then i saw jeff folks um he's like i'm running a little beta group uh so i was i had like a very 
flash moment of bravery where yeah, I was like, yeah. okay, can I do this, please? <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, oh my God, I just did that. Because um, he was one of my favorite movers to watch. And uh, so I was like, yeah, come on in. And then from there, oh man, I was hooked. I, w I started taking like three to four mace classes a day from literally anyone who was offering it. Uh, where I could fit it in between, you know, actually working yeah. um, from from home at that point. <laughs> just Teaching didn't work anymore. Online, right? <laughs> Teaching band online and then going out into the backyard and um, swinging the maze around. And and so from there, it just it led me to more inner exploration as well as like the physical outer exploration. And with the maze and with any flow arts, I feel like that goes hand in hand. And that's that's the message of steel mace flow also is it's not just a physical practice it's it's way more than that and that reaches so many people because there's already a lot of physical practices out in the world and there's a, there's other mace practices out in the world that are very physical uh, humans are right now where we are as a society uh, humans are not encouraged to feel Humans are not encouraged to rest and slow down and grow in a sense. Um, you can look really good on the outside and you can chase all those things, but if the inside is not developing as much as the outside in your, in your soul and in your mind, then you're not going to achieve all the things that you want to achieve no matter how much you want to achieve those things and so flow arts are a really cool bridge and a really accessible bridge to making those things happen and you see like a lot of flow people i feel like they they also gravitate to and lift it because language is a form of flow and there's a lot of similarities there with going inward and moving out stuck, moving out emotions. The mace can move out stuck. The rope can move out stuck. Story work language can move out stuck, you know? And it's it's all connected, which is absolutely beautiful. Sorry, I'm getting a little bit of a tangent here. But uh, anyway, so then I think it was about May, I, I started my Steel Mace Flow mentorship and certification with Jeff, and that was absolutely the most transformative thing for me absolutely um he paired story work and mace work with me uh upon request because that's something that i wanted and i wanted to learn how to feel more i had realized that i had muted myself for so long and so much of my life um it was time to do some listening and some looking and there was a lot of stuff and it was hard it was really hard it's still been hard sometimes and, and that's okay, too, because I've grown a lot, and I feel that I'm very resilient, <clears throat> and that's my spirit. And uh, going through that mentorship was very, very powerful for me. And through that, some cool stories came up, too. And from <clears throat> that experience, uh, the nickname The Lioness came. And that came from a flow and that came from Jeff. And that was really special to me. And it still took me a while to feel confident enough to step into that name. Uh, 
but the more that I saw it, the more that I felt it, the more that I looked at it, I loved it more and more and more. And it actually came from a book that I used to read as a kid all the time. And I have still actually just finished another reread of it because it's so amazing. Um, it's a four part, you know, teen, probably tween book called The Song of the Lioness. Yeah, and to me that paired that paired my the two halves in a sense together, like music, and now this new thing that was happening, this new creation of me, this next self of me, but not forgetting my musical side, not leaving that, but bringing it all together. Yeah. Um, so I I just I loved her story so much because it's about. A young girl disguised herself as a boy because she wanted to be a warrior. Going through the training process and all the hardships that she experienced and going through the process of becoming a knight because it's in medievalish times and going on these adventures and stepping into that name of the lioness. And, and I will read that story for the rest of my life. I love it so much. And so I felt a lot of that. I felt a lot of similarities to that story and um, it began to evolve. Uh, I began to teach Eel Maze classes just for free on every Sunday because I loved it. And I had realized, uh, I think it was 2016, that just teaching was what I was put on the earth to do. Teaching, educating, being of service, spreading the message in whatever way that I could. Uh, that was what I was here for. And so this became a new way that I could share, be with community, be outside, share movement, move move emotions if it was needed, uh, whatever the case may be that day. And uh, I it was it was my favorite. I loved those Sundays. Even though I was, you know, working seven days a week, uh, it was more than worth it for me. And so I did that for a long time, almost a year. And then there was a couple of classes I transformed into Mason Rope classes because why not? And I wanted to try. And the more I developed personally with the rope, the more that that started to become bigger and bigger in my world. And then I decided that I wanted to transition to coaching full time. And that was hard and cool. Uh, because I knew I was leaving stability as far as salary um, and benefits. And and uh, I didn't really know what coaching would look like exactly. I had an idea. Um, and, I, and I loved the kids and I loved my colleagues in school. And it was finally a place like I felt safe to be at. Um, so when the day came to finally tell my colleagues, that was hard. I cried for like two or three days. <laughs> honestly yeah. um and even at one point one of them was like are you sure you want to leave and i was like yeah <laughs> it was it was hard right. um and then like uh what i think it was three weeks after that um told the kids and that was harder oh my gosh that was harder yeah um and you know they can kind of sense some impending doom because they're like that yeah but they're they're amazing they're amazing kids and um so I made the transition um, this past summer, and that was when my spine injury happened. 
It was not quite the start to a new career that I had hoped. Especially the one in movement. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of need my body for that. Yeah. Uh, but having, having everything stripped away from me, um, having mace and ropes stripped away <clears throat> was having just movement stripped away. Uh, that was, I mean, difficult isn't the word. Difficult barely scratches the surface. It was nothing like I'd ever experienced. Um, and there was some bitterness because there was just some poor medical things involved with it um, as far as how the injury happened. And so there was resentment and bitterness there. And um, I saw, so what, <clears throat> I herniated my lowest lumbar, my L5, and the L4 right above it was were torn. But it was a huge herniation. It wasn't just a little, little pressure. It was about an 11 millimeter herniation, um, which is significant. So I could not walk. I could not sit up. I could not sit up to eat a meal. I couldn't use the restroom by myself. I literally could not do anything. Just laying flat on my back. Yeah. Was I remember. I remember some of those calls. Yeah, you yeah. were just laid up. Yeah. We're all like, what? I don't I Most of our crew had no idea what you're going through. No mm -hmm. idea. Cuz I feel like I was probably one of the closest to you too and I had I'm like, oh, she's all right. She's just, you know, back's a little sore. No, you you wore it well. You wore it well. Yeah, it just it it was some compounding things too. Um, but yeah, I ended up having to go to the emergency room, and then I saw spinal surgeons, and I saw some other physical therapists, and it was it was just not helpful. No one was helping. They were just like, well, basically go wait it out. Here's a couple of exercises. And I was like, fuck no. Like, this is not, this is not right. And after experiencing some other, you know, doctors, I was like, no, this is not right. I am not going to heal doing these things. And so I took my healing into my own hands. And I started doing my own aqua therapy. So I'd get in the pool up to my neck because I couldn't stand, I couldn't support my own body weight, but being nearly six feet in the pool, I could do at that time when I first started, I could do about, I don't know, I think about five minutes of backwards walking in the pool before I got too, too much pain and too much fatigue uh, because I would fatigue really quickly, really quickly. Yeah. Um, so I started doing that and just that movement, you know, because movement really is medicine. Like, just laying there, I was going to waste away. Absolutely. Like, yeah, it would heal-ish, but no, that's not enough. Um, and then people were telling me that I, I needed surgery. And I was like, I'm 30. Yeah. Fuck back surgery. No. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on this podcast. Oh, like yeah, absolutely. Like I was going to say, like, come okay. on, let, let it go. Come on, where have we, where <laughs> we been? We've been like... 30 minutes in neither of us this is very rare I, i'm gonna put a disclaimer <laughs> for all the like, listeners oh, shoot. guys oh, shoot. yeah oh dang oh heck oh heck yeah oh, heck <laughs> oh, oh, oh darn oh gosh darn 
Said Midwestern coming out. Oh, it's my gosh darn back. All sore. Oh, yeah. I tell you what. (laughs) Oh, man. So I saw a bunch of, you know, doctors, and there was a couple of times they gave me, um, like, steroid shots in my back and stuff, and uh, just, you know, Band-Aids and and things. And so I did, um, I started doing some Joe Dispenza visualization and meditation, Mm -hmm. like, his story, you know, he broke. Basically, he was going to be a paraplegic from his neck down, and he repaired himself in 12 weeks. And he was lifting again in 12 weeks. And I was like, if he can repair like eight vertebrae, I can repair a little little disc here. All right. Yeah, come on. So I literally, I drew a picture of my spine, and I labeled everything, and I used different colors, and I wrote how the disc was going to repair itself. So I started researching. I was like, what is a disc herniation? What is a disc made of? And I was like, cool. Okay, so we're going to start by rehydrating the disc and with the collagen here and blah. And, like, I got real specific, really specific. And I would, you know, laying there, um, do my best to go through the process of the disc coming back together, the space of the vertebrae opening back up, the pressure relieving off of the nerve. And there were times where I would lose it pretty quickly. And he said, when that happens, you restart the process. And I was like, cool. And there were times where I could go through it significantly a few times. Um, and there were times, there was one time specifically where it became really special. Like I saw like the little child version of me and there was like a golden, I only half remember it, but there was like a golden rope inside of my body. And it felt like that was healing. Something about like sliding down that, that, that little girl version of me, like sliding down and that, that felt different to me than the other times I had done this visualization process. Um, and so those things were really, really powerful. And Mark England got on a call with me and talked me through the story. He, he was like, yes, let's do this like right now. And there were some other of the Enlifted crew who reached out to me and was like, hey, do you need anything? Story, like, let's talk a little bit. And it was really cool to lean on that because I think no, I know if I had not already gone through level one, and we were in the middle of level two at this yeah. time of the injury, um, yeah. I believe that I would not have healed like I did. And I would not have had the resilience and the mental strength to push through the injury because it took all the mental strength I had plus 10,000 more. Like, yeah, people don't, I don't know if people realize how mentally draining physical injuries are, but. It was so incredibly taxing on my mind and my spirit, not just to mention my body, like, but the, the help that I had, um, and the support I had at home was so incredible. Just so incredible. I'm getting emotional. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're a champ. That's, that's wild because for so many of us in that crew, I can speak right to it is that we li- you wore it so well girl like you were such a lioness in that regard is that you were an absolute warrior it's it goes to show how much of your character is built around that resiliency right like you were fucking determined at whatever cost to get back to better yeah. and after going through from what i hear after going through numerous different portals of all them telling you one version of the same story that you'd never heal you went fuck it 
I'm going to yeah. do this myself and I'm going to do all the yep. research. How, how key is it <clears throat> to the listeners out there who, I mean, that's a pretty powerful story. Take out pretty. That's a fucking powerful story. For the people that are out there sitting around waiting on their hands for somebody else to, to make the call for them, what do you have to say to that? Get up. Stop waiting. Get after it. The two rules are start and keep going, right? That's it. Those are the rules of the game. There it is. That's, that's you empowering your life. Literally, you create your life. Yes, you're going to be thrown circumstances that are absolutely out of your control. Did you create, did I create my spine injury? No, but those were the circumstances I was given because I needed to grow and become stronger. And so I had two options. I can sit back and wait for somebody else or I could do it myself. Yeah. And that's the option you have anytime an obstacle comes your way. Mm -hmm. You have the option to grow or you have the option to stay the same. How powerful is that, right? And what I guess here's another uh, another take on it. You know, aside from the empowerment piece, what what do you feel that we could be doing now? That you're in the coaching world, full full tilt. What do you feel that we could be doing better as coaches? What could we be? What's a frustration, or if if we enlist that, what's a fascination with the uh, with the with the industry currently? What would you uh, what would you like to make changes in? And is there anything in in going through all of that? Anything that would maybe have prevented any of that in the in the long run, or or for future athletes or, or folks that you're working with um, with daily exercise or anything like that? Do you have any kind of suggestions that we could work towards in the coaching world? I think in general, there needs to be an emphasis on the whole human approach. I think some people are doing it, and I think it's starting to get a little bit more traction. Um, but the whole thing, the whole mind, body, spirit, it is all connected. I finished a book, um, a little bit ago, uh, by the holistic psychologist, um, called how to do the work. And one of her revelations in her work was she studied psychology and did all this stuff. And she realized that that's not the whole picture. There was more to the story. There was more to the soul. There's more to the emotional mental connection. And then how that manifests itself physically in the body. And um, I think utilizing those knowledge, that kind of knowledge with the functional knowledge, with the flow knowledge, with the doctors that our ancestors use, sleep, you know, hot, cold therapy, sunlight, like using those doctors, getting back to our roots, going outside and grounding. That's so, so powerful because we live in these concrete boxes all the time and we never access the earth. We never access that healing and we're electric beings. The earth is an electric thing. And so reconnecting with that to literally recharge yourself, to re release toxicity from everything. You know, we have that coming at us from a million directions, from stress, from food, from water, from air, like. So getting knowledgeable about those things and then being able to spread that message, give those to community, have a space where your, your community can have access to sunshine, mm. have, you know, 
become more knowledgeable about the water that they're drinking, the food that they're eating, the type of diet that works for them. You know, it's not, it's not a one, one size fits all thing. What works for them, what makes them feel the best, what keeps their body functioning well and lowers the inflammation. And um, <clears throat> something else that I would like to see is just the, the advent of embracing the less busy. Because I know, I know everyone has to grind and I do too. And there can be a point in the future where we don't have to, because there are other countries in the world who have more of that mindset and that mentality. Mm -hmm. Like America's like, boom, 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 go. Like you're not hustling, you're doing it wrong, you know? Yeah. You're you're meant to be broken and after 14 hour days, like six days. And that's how, that's how some fitness is too. Like if you're not fucking broken, sore, exhausted sagging at the end of the workout you didn't do it right nah that's not the way you know you can feel amazing and you should feel amazing you should not yes should is in there yeah not feel broken after workout you know and so increasing the ideas that like durability and mobility are important Mm -hmm. spending time to teach people about those things spending time with people to help them with their specific patterns and their specific you know maybe injuries that they have or hey they didn't sleep well last night and so how can i adapt for them today what can we do for them today being more flexible and adaptable and uh continuing to spread the message yeah yeah for for those of us i mean you made some really valid points of durability and uh and and flexibility mobility all all the illities do you have any resources that really helped you with that uh, coming from the, the background of, you know, teach into into the coaching world? Who, who are some of the, the go-tos, the goats, the, the OGs of, uh, of, of that world, like the alternative look at, uh, at wellness? Definitely. Well, I learned, I learned a ton from um, the coaches at my gym. And also, uh, I think the Durable Athlete is a really amazing resource um, <clears throat> I'm actually going to learn more from them next weekend. I'm going to a workshop for about six or seven hours next weekend because the things that they're doing to explore movement in a variety of ways and do it in a way that everyone can access is really, really cool. So they're based in Austin. Um, they used to work at on it and have developed this, this business and it's really really cool and uh, I've done some of their stuff I've gone to some of their community um, events before and just the knowledge that they have with also pairing it with breath is really cool and no they'll, they'll also talk about sleep and stress you know that they, they look at the whole human and I think that's really amazing so they're one of those groups those people that spreading the whole message mind body spirit. that's the durable athlete yes Cool. I'll make sure I get that in the in the notes. It's it's just great to have those resources. You know, uh, being Definitely. being in the game myself for what coming up on almost 17 years now, in in strength and conditioning in one sense or the other. I, that's that's a career, and what I what I see is some coaches get out of place. I especially see it in yoga, um, where the the level three or the master teachers, the ones that are teaching yogis how to do yoga they lose touch with the actual first time yoga experience, you know, 
And I think that's really valuable because, again, our goal here, you know, you, you said it, you know, you're a teacher, you're an educator. you got to educate from the ground up, the grassroots, the people mm-hmm. that are new to wellness, you know, the people that are like, well, why would I go to the durable athlete instead of just going to Planet Fitness, you know? Like having the ability to, to understand the difference between those because, one, yeah, we can all move moving correctly and avoiding injuries such as your setback that and and i've had numerous you know athletic injuries i had to retire from speed skating too hips back you know mind <laughs> like they don't they don't talk too much about that but most athletes that i ever ran into retired because this couldn't take it anymore you had right it, it became too much of a similar to the nine to five you know the grind it's like if you, you either break down, you become financially impaired, or you just uh, you lose your mind, right? You can break down physically, you can break down mentally just the same. So having those resources out there for folks just getting into it is so valuable to me, right? So cool, rad, rad. Um, I want to take uh, being respectful of your time. I know we both got we're, – we're active people. We've got some things to do. Um, I like the this part. You know, we had our good real talk. This part of the show is more about what would Ellie do? Now, Jeff Oaks, actually, he was my last guest, and he, he said, get Ellie on the show. And I'm like, dude, I've been trying. <laughs> our <laughs> schedules <laughs> our schedules are, are active. They are, and, and we've got it here now. And one of the questions I wanted to ask you is that if you can see this, just gonna try to flip the. Look at my roommate. What up, dude? Yeah, you, <laughs> that's my boy, Jay Beebs. And I have a question for most of my guests here, and it's fitting that I've got my T Swift. So, you mentioned trombone, musician. So you're gonna know this one. If you had the opportunity to uh, guest in either J. Biebs or T. Swizzy's uh, production. Because let's face it, it's more than a concert. <laughs> With both of them. They're legends. Who would you pick? And furthermore, why? They've asked you to come up and trombone with them. Maybe they're doing a jazz set. <laughs> Ooh, Ooh Taylor Swift doing jazz. Okay, so if Taylor Swift did a jazz set, then hell yeah. Sign okay, me I up. Can't, I can't say that I actually listen to either of those people very no. much. Yeah, me neither. Um, <laughs> <laughs> however, um, I I gravitate just naturally a little bit more towards Taylor Swift. So Ooh. I would say her. Um, yeah. She's got some she got some good lady power songs, you know. So yeah. let's yeah. go. Let's add a little brass to that. Oh, I love it. I love it. All right. And in honor of the rapid fire, then we'll uh, we'll keep it down the, the line. Music fit. We, we talk about fitness. We talk about uh, our, our music here. So I'm just here's another one for you. Then you're stranded on an island. Three albums. Which are they? Go. Ooh. OK. Wow. That popped in my head. First was Mumford and Sons for whatever reason. Damn. Cool. OK. I'm going to take some like original. Uh, Yeah. Sign no oh, more. Okay. Yeah. Definitely yeah. has Amazing. to be that album. Sign yeah, yeah. no more. Got it. OK um crap oh man 
now more and more and more. I don't know if you can see my Telluride jazz poster. I can see, like yeah, everything. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, okay. So I'm going to go Trombone Shorty next. Ooh, okay. Or or Snarky Puppy. Oh, man, that's tough. Wait. Fuck. I have to. That's no, I'm going to sub Snarky Puppy in for Trombone Shorty. Okay, okay. Snarky. Okay, got it. Snarky Puppy. Last is going to be... Ooh, I'm going to take the... <laughs> This is awesome. I'm gonna take the Lincoln Park Jay Z mashup album. Oh yeah, that's great. Oh, what a fine. what a good what a good spread too. You know, Mumford for like the you know you get right back yeah. to the wholesome. You got some jazz to really get. That's a that's an explorative like snarky. Yeah, oh, dude. Look out, look out. Snarky, snarky Puppy nice. is. Um, who's playing drums for them again? Um, oh, it's a dude. Um, Canadian oh, guy. I, just, I can't think of his name. He's one of my favorite they, drummers too. L starts with an L. Come on, come on. No, come on, I don't remember on. off the top of my head, but me neither. Badass. Incredible group. Incredible group. Incredible, yeah. Um, and then uh, coming back, to hitting it, hitting it right in the feels with some more Jay Z, Lincoln Park. Gotta yeah. do it for the blame rock, <laughs> the blame rock <laughs> side of you. We gotta hit that. Okay, okay. Well, the reason I started with the albums is because we know that music is gonna be such a huge part. What are the other items if you're on that same island? What are the other items of your, your survival? Ooh. Okay, how many do I get? Let's give you three. I like that number. Okay, well then the first two that came to my head. Well, but I want a book too. Um, <laughs> so I was like, mace rope in my ukulele. Um, but also a book. Can I? Can I have four? Please? We're gonna do a four, yeah. Because I mean, <laughs> I'm like, I'd do the same thing. Yeah, I need all of those as well. I, I definitely need all of those. Like, I can't pick between a mace and a rope. Come on. Right? No. No, no that's brilliant. Okay. Um, what's your favorite food? Mm, Thai food. Thai food. Or tacos. I was gonna say it's one of the two. <laughs> I know we've talked about that so many times. We like, definitely yeah. had that conversation. <laughs> okay, but okay, here then. Okay, what is the Thai? What's the Thai dish? This is Ooh. like this helps me make better dishes. This is this okay, is a so selfish question. <laughs> two, most of the time between my two favorites, I will go with the Penang curry. Yep. Oh, so good, so good. It's like a little bit nutty too. Mm. But then, like if I'm not feeling the curry, then I'll go with the traditional pad thai. Man, cannot go wrong with that. Classic. A little bit, a little bit of spice. Yeah, a little bit of slice, a little bit of lime on top. Mm. Oh yeah. Perfect. <sighs> Man, I'm into that. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. How about as for as far as tacos go? What's your favorite tacos? Breakfast tacos. Oh man. Basically anything breakfast you can fold into taco. I'm gonna eat it. Like, would you put like an omelet in there? Is that what that's all about? What's a breakfast <gasps> taco in in Texas? We haven't talked about breakfast tacos. No, I don't know. I'm from fucking Canada. Come on, we don't really Bro, do. Well, you're gonna move to Texas, so it's fine. But anyway. It's uh, yeah. Fuck. Okay. Getting out of so China. I Fucking A. <laughs> to be fair, I did not know about breakfast tacos before I moved to Texas. And right. so when I did move to Texas, that's where that 20 pounds came from because I was freaking eating breakfast tacos all the time. They were so good. <laughs> so it's, and then, it's for gains. <laughs> gains, bro. Um, that was <laughs> so, yeah. So, okay. So this is what you need to do tomorrow, Mike. You need to take some time for yourself to make some breakfast tacos. <laughs> okay, please tell me. Hmm. If you even if you want to go like extra, you should make the tortillas yourself too. Oh shit! Hey, I've only done that a couple of times, but okay, okay. So t okay. soft so tortilla, a, I gotta. 
Okay, I want eggs. you to start with eggs. You know, yeah. maybe do like one or two. Go ahead and just scramble them up for the first time. Throw yeah. some bacon in there. Yeah. Uh, throw some avocado in there. Start start with that. Yeah. Uh, you can throw potatoes in there too. Cool. A little hash yeah. brown time. Okay, Ooh. cool. Yeah. All right. So you fry them up, get them up on the skillet, grill them up. Cool. Yeah, mix it all together. Mix it, put yeah. Put it in the tortilla. Put a little salsa on top. Mm. Yeah, a little sour cream. Do you do that in the morning? I'm not a sour cream person. Okay. I, I haven't been. I was just, I see it all the time. So I'm like, you know, it right. sounds like, ooh. Like, how do you garnish that or something? I don't know. Maybe it's just like a new garnish. My, when I was a kid, <laughs> though. I used to put salt, salt and sometimes salsa. Oh, cheese okay. sometimes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That sounds delicious. You remember it's when we did the uh, we did the the, the breakfast uh, horror movie? Oh, dude, that was so much fun. Yeah, absolutely. We made pancakes yeah. yeah, pancakes and Just coffee. Pancakes. And then we both got scared shitless and laughed yeah. about it. What was your movie again? Insidious. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I hate paranormal. it less now. I will say that I hate it yeah. less. Oh yeah. You know, still not a fan of Paranormal Activity or any of the series. Uh, I make <laughs> I make my group uh, do that that get over your fear. Because uh, environment again, it's all environment, right? And that was that was really, uh, that was a tangent there that I was gonna go back into. Oh well, good food. Ah, I know. To wrap things up here, so music fit. We're all about unleashing the inner rock star. You were you were definitely recommended by the uh, the great snow ninja himself, Jeffrey Oaks. Um, mutual mutual coach, mutual good friend. I mean. I'm excited to hug that man in person. <laughs> right? Oh you know my god! I, mean? I actually finally got to in January, and it yeah, was like I the saw best that. You guys ever best ever. Yeah, dude, I bet. It was the best. Okay, so in honor of that, I like to keep the tradition alive because two part question, and we're gonna let this mic drop. Who is the rock star? that should be on the show next, okay? And part two, what makes them a rock star? So the listeners can have an idea of how to unleash that inner rock star. Definitely. Oh man, well there's about a million people I would love to recommend because so many of the people that I know are amazing humans and movers, um, but the person that I'd like to recommend is CJ. Uh, CJ is an amazing human and mover. Um, he actually got on a couple of calls. He's never met me in person either. And he lives in California. He works at Gymnazo. And uh, he got on a couple of calls to try to try to help me with my injury and, and um, sharing, you know, sharing rope and they do mace and the way that they speak about movement and the way that they educate about movement is absolutely phenomenal and so fascinating to me. And um, I just, I want to learn everything I can from them. And uh, he's, he's also just a really cool human, a spiritual human, um, and subscribes to being outside, finding flow, getting stronger, taking time to decompress, like all of those fundamental pillars, plus more. And so, you know, as a fellow educator, I, I see that and I relate to that and, and I actually just signed up to take the certification. So I'm super pumped. Um, and so I would love to see CJ 
and you have an amazing conversation yeah no awesome 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 and finally before we let you go here where and what are you up to yourself where where can we find you first of all (laughs) so you can find me uh primarily on instagram at hardcore henson uh you can also find me um i have a website now that's up and running so if you're interested in learning more about the ropes or mace i have a intro to rope flow course that is a four-week course that builds progressively on your skills from week to week so by the time you complete the course you are ready to go and i am giving you live feedback and instruction every week with the ability to review videos and um, for you to ask questions and have complete access to me for those four weeks and so that's that's one of my favorite things that actually i think is my favorite thing because I love the the light bulbs that go off when people get a rope in their hands and they learn how to move with it. And it's so much fun. And I've met so many cool people through these intro classes so far. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, we have, I have a lot of things in the works as far as what the future of rope flow looks like for me, what the future of rope flow looks like for Texas, and then currently expanding that into the remainder of the universe. And uh, there's there's going to be some big things happening. So if you're looking to get in the rope and you're looking to learn how to coach the rope, Ooh. Yep. sign me up. Guys, what an amazing conversation. All right, so I've got some homework myself here. I'm going to reiterate. i got to go get in touch with uh, C- CJ. Um, is that Movement Exploration Channel? That's him. That's what, that's what I thought. Okay. <laughs> we'll, get on the, we'll get on the dial. I've been fascinated with the way – uh, he intertwines movement with that whack method and all the, right? I mean, and, and everything with the music too. Like he's always yeah. spot on, on, on the tunes and, uh, yeah, I'm loving, I'm loving what I'm seeing. We've got a lot of really fascinating pirate gangsters Thank you. and just to let you go, well, pow with that mic drop final word for anybody looking to be the, uh, spiritual gangster rock star inside. What you got to say to them? Keep exploring. Keep keep playing. You know, find find a thing. Like you have your work and your home and find one more thing. Like see what that is for you because you're gonna discover something absolutely bad ass. And you're gonna find a community who wants to do that with you. So experiment, you know, feel comfortable failing. And it's gonna be a blast while you do it. Learning something new is all about that. And it's freaking fun. Uh, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, uh.